What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie, The Last of Black History Month. Yeah, it's unfortunate and so sad, too. I hate the end of Black History Month. That's the worst. Womp, womp, womp. It's just, it's just, it just always comes so soon. So soon. Mostly because it's the shortest month of the year, but outside of that, my soul feels like it comes too soon. Yeah, it feels like Black History Week and once you get down to the nitty gritty and the speed of which it passes. But I mean, that's also because we have so much fun in Black History Mm -hmm. Month. It's just like we get to cover fun movies. We get to have fun conversations. We always have really fun interactions. So Mm -hmm. it's just you enjoy it so much when it's here that when it ends, it feels like it happens way too fast. But y'all know how it is. Black history all year long. So it's not of that course. big of a deal. Uh, of course. But it's just the extra. It's that extra spice that February brings. Yeah, that official stamp. Uh, yeah. If we could just get that for every month, that would be fabulous. Yeah, I would love that. But it is what it is. And... We couldn't let the month fully pass. I mean, the good news is we had one more Monday. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. had one more Monday, which meant that we have one more movie to cover and also meant that it was time for the Discord Decides. Um, Last month, last month, last Monday of the month, Discord Decided. And I mean, the theme was black horror. I mean, (laughs) you know, you already know what time it is. Although I think I phrase this as like, in it don't stop or something. Black horror in it don't stop. I think is what I called it. <laughs> was the official? <laughs> was the official title of the theme? Because I wanted it to have some kind of a title. Um, that's fair. So that's that is what I technically called the the Discord decides this month. But yeah, we were just continuing on. Black horror. We chose three movies that we didn't get to cover this month, and then we let Discord decide. Now, this is one time where Roshane was heavily gunning for a specific film to win, and I honestly thought that movie was going to win. And then we had like an underdog sleeper hit come out of nowhere and take the crown. I was shook. I truly was shook. You were right. I, yeah. I thought I had it in the bag. I even cheated a little bit and let the, the Discord homies know. I was like, hey, I know that this is a free pick thing. Like, we're not here to influence you. But if you want to make me happy, right. you know which one to pick. Um, and a couple of y'all did. So I appreciate y'all. And for everybody else who didn't, I still love you. Don't worry. It's all good. I let it go. I let it go. Because this movie was good, too. So y'all all right. You- were heavy back in this one you are not this one but that one you were you were pretty heavy back in it i could feel i could feel the energy shift when you talked about (laughs) (laughs) when you talked about that movie all the other ones got the tiny introductions and this one was like oh and also by the way (laughs) right it was very much giving 
I, have you seen that clip of that of that person announcing names at the Grammys? Oh yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Grammy goes to Beyonce. Grammy goes to Lizzo. And the Grammy goes to. Harry Styles. Yeah, that's what you were giving. It, it was, was like it was either that or the like Key and Peel where he's playing Barack and he's walking through giving handshakes to everybody. Yeah, basically, that was Rose Shane talking about Attack the Block and then all our <laughs> other choices compared to our other choices. But in other news, something that is exciting is that. The movie that won today, Sweetheart, has been one that has been brought up to, like for all of our past <laughs> Februaries, mm -hmm. has been brought up um, by some listeners as a, hey, you guys should look at this. And we never got around to it. And so it was kind of serendipitous that it ended up ended up winning yeah. so that we could talk about it. Yeah, it's all good. We'll, we'll cover Attack the Block another day. Right. Probably, probably, next. probably like <laughs> next Monday. <laughs> Roshane's pick. Keep a lookout for that. Oh, no, no, it's no, no. Be don't a big you worry. Surprise. I already got my pick. Don't, don't you even fret. Oh that's not, wow! Yeah, but that's not what today's about. You know, we'll find out about that later on. But right. I got, I got right. some in the in the works. Okay, he's scheming. Dang. He's scheming. Okay, never mind. I'll eat my words. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me bite my fucking tongue. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about Sweetheart today. And Sweetheart is a movie that potentially for some people fell under the radar. I actually feel like this one got voted because a lot of people were just interested in it because they hadn't heard of it and were just kind of wanting to hear our thoughts about it and just learn more about the movie. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited that I finally got to see it. This movie came out in 2019 and I did not hear anything about it yeah, when it when it came out. But I will say um, over the years, I have seen it get brought up and Definitely in February, it gets highlighted as a black horror movie, but also a black creature feature, which mm -hmm. we don't actually have that many. No, we don't. Because that was originally what our plan was going to be was black creature features. But it was yeah. a little difficult to find a good spread of them because uh, mm -hmm. we need more black horror. Please give us more. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, we had this conversation a little bit, but since it's since it's ending, it's another good time to have this conversation is. If you look up black horror, specifically black horror for these months to highlight, you kind of run into the same ones on every single list. Yeah. And it's exciting because it does feel like every year we are adding on. And that's so true. the list get longer every year. Yeah. The list is getting longer. That is very exciting. But at the same time, you know, we do kind of have those same staples that we keep going back to. I want to see that continue because there is a difference between just having black characters that pop up in a horror movie and having a black horror movie or having a black led horror film mm -hmm. or a black writer or a black director. It's putting a very specific highlight on those on people of color is 
what is important in those movies. And so when you really think about it, yeah, your list gets narrowed. But I am excited for the future and for us to continue to add on to that list so that it's not, okay, what are we going to talk about this year? Uh, get out no we already did that <laughs> like okay let's talk about blackula oh we already did that i am excited that we are having new ones because i mean we started out with a brand new one like nanny was fresh fresh out the womb basically yeah so that's exciting it is it is and so you know hopefully we see that trend continue into the year so that not only us but everyone else has a much larger library of movies to cover during february and through the rest of the year too it doesn't have to just be february exactly. but you know you, you get what i'm saying right uh, but also too because you want to cover them as much as you can we also are very cognizant throughout the year of of remembering that when february rolls around we will need some black horror to cover so we also <laughs> that's like also something we have to keep in mind is okay we can't cover everything just random just throughout the year and then february rolls around and we don't have anything because we really really do like keeping february all black horror yeah so gotta keep some gotta keep some in your loaded up in the in the shade absolutely to, to fire off in tradition february. at this point but getting into sweetheart first things first we must figure out how scary this movie is on our scare scale. One to five. Five is being the scariest it could be. One is being, oh, I would let a baby watch this. Um, what are you thinking for for Sweetheart? I'm thinking a two out of five on the scare scale. Um, okay. A bit of a loose two because this one was a little hard to nail down. Granted, I don't find too much of this movie scary. However, there are some tense scenes in there, and there is a bit of, and it does get a little brutal in places, but a lot of it is more just like watching our main character surviving, um, mm -hmm. which isn't like too scary. It's unnerving and it, and you know, it's tense, but I don't think particularly scary. So I'm gonna say two out of five. Okay. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna do like two point five okay. for this because I I do agree with you in the sense of it's not super scary in the more general literal sense, but I will say this varies. I think in scare level depending on your imagination and how wild you let that run away because True. there are a lot of shots of just nothing. But in this way of almost, is there something there or am I tripping? And we'll talk about it more when we go in depth. But there is a particular shot in this movie at night that is very static. It's just holding on some trees. I don't know why that shot scared the shit out of me. But I think it's because I was letting my imagination kind of run wild. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, it really freaked me out for some reason. Now, there's not that's not constant throughout but it was enough of a scare moment where i i thought in my head oh wow that's gonna bump my scare scale up <laughs> so yeah i think that this maybe could vary person to person it's not gonna be a scare fest but if you are easily scared i do think there are maybe some moments in this movie that could get you but mm. i'm gonna put it at a 2.5 because for me i was i was able to kind of keep it together 
Okay, okay, fair enough. But all right, let's go ahead and uh, talk deeper or dive deeper into this Ooh. film. Uh, so, homies, we're entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, as we said, we are talking about Sweetheart from 2019. This movie was directed by J.D. Dillard. It was written by J.D. Dillard, Alex Hayner, and Alex Thurer, and is starring Kersey Clemens as Jen, Emery Cohen as Lucas, and Hannah Mangan Lawrence as Mia. Jennifer wakes up dazed and confused on a small tropical island. Seemingly the only survivor of a storm-related shipwreck, Jen quickly scrambles to figure out how she's going to survive alone on the island. The only problem is, something is lurking in the nearby waters, and when nightfall hits, the island gets a lot less lonely. Insert campfire fish sticks gruesome grave robbings, and a deadly predator from the ocean depths here. Our film concludes with more survivors arriving on the island. Will they manage to escape? Or will it be an all-out buffet at the bottom of the sea? Also, sometimes all we have is our word. Roll credits. All right, so, mm -hmm. sweetheart, we jump right in. Everything is popping off immediately. Mm -hmm. So, I would like to know, what's, what's in your notebook? What's that first thing that you thought? Okay. First thought I got right here is, uh, this opening is great with headphones. Um, specifically, mm. like, the absolute beginning of this movie when we're underwater, um, I did listen or I did watch this one on my computer and I had my headphones on and just like the way that the underwater sounds immersed me into whatever situation we were in was 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. for me. Um, granted, it was very brief, like we only spent a little bit of time there, but I think overall for me, the sound design throughout this entire movie was pretty banging. Um, not only the sound effects, but the uh, the soundtrack too was pretty was pretty good and on point for me. But outside of the soothing underwater sounds, I also really like the general opening as well. I, I really like the fact that we just hop into the story mid things happening. Like we're already in chaos by the time the by the time we're on the island. I think that was a really mm -hmm. good choice because it's you you spend a lot of time trying to piece together what is going on. How do we get here? Like what's the situation? Yeah, I agree with you. First, on the sound design, I think the natural design is is such a is such a pro for this film. It's such a strength because a lot of this movie is just kind of existing on this island and sort of trying to survive along with Jen. And so it makes sense that a lot of what you hear is just natural sounds that you would hear if you were in her position so yeah the movie starts and you hear like the the lapping of the waves and a lot of times at night you'll just hear the the sounds of the wind and the rustling through the trees and things like that i think work so well in this movie without ever feeling boring or or too much of the same they have a good mix of soundtrack with 
these more ambient sounds. And yeah, I, I love that. I think it works really well in the circumstances that we're in. And yes, I love that we jump right into the action. Everything's already gone wrong by the time that we're in this. And then it just gets even worse as time goes on. But mm-hmm. when you meet, you meet Jen and because of the circumstances, we don't really discover much about Jen as a person until almost an hour into this movie. We yeah. kind of make our own assumptions about who she is just from her actions, which actions and versus words is a pretty is like a, an important theme of this film as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can make your own assumptions about Jen. And also, too, we get introduced to Brad, a character who very quickly dies. I mean, we meet this yeah. man and then he's out the door. <laughs> but it, it is kind of interesting because it almost feels like when it starts that you'll have multiple characters. And you do kind of later on. But... With the way that this movie starts, it really does feel like it's going to be Jen all by herself for for the whole thing, for the whole movie. And I'll also say, so when they wash up, Brad is seriously injured. He has a piece of coral that has stabbed him somewhere along the way, stabbed him in his abdomen. And so he is bleeding and he's in and out of consciousness. I'm no doctor, but... One thing I think I have learned is don't take the thing that's stabbing a person out until right. you're prepared to make sure that they're not just going to bleed freely. Because I, I feel like it works like a cork. It's like you, mm-hmm. that could be the thing that's kind of helping slow down the bleeding or maybe that's like keeping pressure on something going on inside. Jen pulls that out. And she does put her hands over it, but the way that that shit is covered in sand, I was like, infection. Infection. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately no, infection. <laughs> you are absolutely right. However, I can't fault Jen because I think no. given the circumstances, I would have done the same thing. Like, you're Yeah, you're most confused. people do. Yeah, you're on this island by yourself. Well, kind of by yourself. And like, there's no one around to help you. Clearly, he needs help right now. And, like, you don't know how long you're going to be here. So it's like, do you pull this thing out or do you chance just leaving a coral in this man's side for the next week, you know? And, like, I'm going to I'm gonna go with option one. Plus, yeah. he already looked like he was dying. So, like, at yeah. that, oh, at that he was point. <laughs> Either way, he was dying. He was going to die. The question was, was it coral in or coral out was how he was going to die. <laughs> and we ended up true. with coral out because, yeah, she... It's a natural reaction, I think, to to want to take the the stabber out, mm-hmm. whatever. It's like puncturing you. You naturally want to take it out. So I and I will say Jen, I think, is a great example of a proactive protagonist in that oh, she absolutely. immediately jumps into action. There is no dilly dallying. She is not. She also doesn't allow her emotions to cloud her judgment too much it's very obvious that she's emotional about the situation not maybe as much as you would expect but that's also something that we find out later is though she knows brad it's not like they're good friends she basically just just met him yeah yeah Yeah. so it's more of an she's more upset about the obviously it sucks to see someone die but also now she's all by herself on this 
island, which if you're gonna if you're gonna be deserted, preferably with a companion. Like Yeah. Please. S- some assistance. But I, I do give it up um to Kiersey for her performance because since there's not a lot of dialogue in this film, mostly because it's all survival. I do think that she conveys the like severity of the situations and a lot of her emotions um, through her face and just through her actions too. Um, And it really was the, it was the difference for me between this movie being entertaining and this movie being boring because like if she wasn't entertaining to watch, then this would have been a slog to get through for a movie but it's it was just fascinating to watch how she was handling these situations. Like, even with the Coral thing, like, I knew in the moment when she was sitting there, like, looking at him, she knew that she wasn't supposed to pull that thing out. But mm-hmm. she also knew, like, she didn't have a lot of options. Like, I love the fact that this was a smart character, a resourceful character, not a perfect character, because she has to learn a lot of these survival tactics on the fly. Um, but she does a fantastic job of doing it. And I think that despite the fact that she has no one to talk to or a lot of dialogue to use, I was never confused as to where she was emotionally. I feel like as far as where her minds or where her mind was, I felt like I was along for the ride most times. Same. And I really appreciate the trust in her acting ability, but also the trust in that the audience is going to be comfortable enough in this silence that they did not add in those moments where a character just talks out loud to themselves for no reason mm-hmm. because I was worried that that's what it was going to be is that she was going to have these moments where she was like basically explaining what she was doing or how she was feeling out loud to herself which is completely always for the audience's benefit in movies because right. yeah people can do that but it has to make sense and And so I was worried that that was going to be kind of a crutch that they relied on. And it it's not. She really the only times that she really talks out loud is if she's like, oh, shit, or or kind of celebrating a moment that she did something well. Um, But other than that, she's pretty internally contained. And then, yeah, you rely on her body movements, her facial expressions to understand where she is mentally. And yeah. it's done successfully. I Yeah, you're right. I always knew where she was in, in her head space. I always knew where she was physically, mentally, because it's portrayed um, so well. And, and I really appreciated that. And I really enjoyed actually watching her survive because... Yeah. As a person who loves those like survival, <laughs> those survival <laughs> shows where people have to figure it out, I don't know. I enjoyed watching her come up with what she was gonna do and try new things. I will say she got hella lucky. Oh like, my god! <laughs> the fish, multiple fish washing up on shore. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility because like high tide and low tide is sometimes fish mm-hmm. get left behind, but. She was able to supply herself food very easily over the course of this being stranded on an island. She never was in need. She never like wanted for food or nah. hyd- or something to stay hydrated. She always had everything she needed, which 
I guess worked because we have more pressing matters at hand that she needs to worry about. But yeah. she did get she had she has some 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 black girl magic on her side where she was conjuring up sodas, <laughs> sodas and fish and sharks <laughs> for her feasts. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. One of my earlier notes, too, is like, imagine being lucky enough to have it rain on the first night that you're stranded on an island. So you get fresh water for X amount of days. And then the next day have fish just strewn across the beach for you to eat. Bro. My girl. And the fattest fish. Fatty the, fish. <laughs> the meatiest fish you ever did see. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, that is some luck. And she gets a bucket later on. Why the fuck is there a bucket? It's like <laughs> when her luggage washes up, it washes up alongside a bucket. Baby. <laughs> Baby, please. Now, what is now that? The movie, the movie does do a good job of like rationalizing some of this stuff because later on, once we get more people involved, we find out that a lot of things are just washing up to shore here. So yeah. its location has some effect on that and like explains why she's getting so much random stuff coming up to, you know, coming on shore, like you said. Um, but even with that explanation there, I'm glad that it was there. Thank you for right. having it. But even with it being there, it was like, yo, Jen is so lucky right now. The plot right. armor is thick with this girl. It's the thickest armor. I just I think I was just more upset by the fact that the bucket and the luggage rolled up side by side. <laughs> like, hand in hand. Yeah, like, let's stay together. It just felt it just <laughs> was a little interesting to me that they washed up at the same time. But like I said, it's I think they did a good enough job of keeping Jen realistic as a regular person who mm -hmm. is having to deal with the situation. It's not like she gains all of these crazy skills and she's like, oh, good thing I good thing I went through military camp and I've been preparing for this my whole life. She's just a, a regular person who has obviously want survival skills enough to be like, I'm going to do what I need to do to get through this. She stumbles upon some luck. She finds a campsite that has a, has been abandoned that has a lot of things that she needs. And mm -hmm. you know, the fish washing up and stuff that is not, that's just stuff that worked out for her that of course she's going to take advantage of. And as she kind of goes through these days, yeah, she, she gains some, some extra skills. She figures out some other things that are helpful, but nothing ever felt out of the realm of possibility for her to be able to do. I always yeah. believed that everything she was doing was something that she could successfully do. And, and I liked that. I liked that she never lost her relatability um, and her capability to adjust to situations felt realistic to me especially because she was alone all she has all day long is to sit there and figure shit out it's not like she yeah. can spend the rest of her time <laughs> doing other things like all she has is time so yeah. i i appreciated that do i think that old girl could have speared a shark no but <laughs> i'll let it slide because i do think that she's a very capable person and i do think that i mean 
I wanted her to live. So I, I, I (laughs) too celebrated the shark, (laughs) whether it made sense or not. I said, you know what? You deserve it. (laughs) And that's That's all that matters. (laughs) I mean, yes, I, I was okay with it. And it's mostly because for that same reason, when that scene happened and she finally got that shark, I feel like you can't help, but just feel happy. Like you want to cheer because you're like, I've seen what you've been through and I'm just happy to see you still surviving because a lot of, like you mentioned, her survival instinct is like base level survival instinct. She's very yeah. much a real person where she, you know, maybe she's watched a couple reality TV shows and she watched a couple movies where she like picked up certain things that you should do given your circumstances. And she was just applying that knowledge. Cause like, I feel like a majority of the things she did were things that I, as a person who has zero survivability on a deserted island, would have at some point come to the conclusion I should probably learn to do. Like, I should probably make a spear. I should probably look for fish. Um, Let me find a coconut to get some water. Like, these are all things that I think, like, the average everyday person will try and do. Whether or not we're successful, that's a whole different thing. But it's still, like the moves that she was making were relatable enough that it was easy to kind of, you know, join her side and root for her and inevitably just want her to survive, Uh, which gets way harder when you find out that there's an evil sea creature that is stalking the island that comes out every night trying to kill her. Right. Because this, I mean, the idea of being stranded somewhere is so scary to me. Of Mm -hmm. like just ending up in a location and having to fend for yourself and being alone is a scary enough idea. But the real idea that's scary is that you're not alone and not even in the sense of, oh, there's other people here. Good. But in the sense of there are could potentially be predators out there who are waiting to make you a little a little happy meal. And so Mm -hmm. that is something that you could that you should be prepared for no matter where you are but jen doesn't seem to have that problem the island seems to be completely uninhibited and uninhabited and that's good for her bad for her but but also good for her in the sense of she can sleep (laughs) soundly without worrying that she's gonna get eaten in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night allegedly but (laughs) then we discover that that's not totally the case. And I love, I love the scene where we first see the creature. The, the, the reveal the flare. the flare. Oh yeah. my God, that was so Bro, good. It's so good. And this idea apparently was where the entire movie stemmed from. Was, oh, okay. Was this one idea of... The flare, because the director and writer, um, J.D. Dillard, I guess the idea of this film just started from sitting and staring out at the water with some friends at night and thinking, how scary would it be if I looked out at the water and saw something staring back at me? And Mm -hmm. then from there, the idea came of the flare illuminating that thing. And then they fleshed out an entire movie surrounding that one scene. Oh, but so cool. yeah, which is a great idea because that is very scary. But that whole shot itself, I think honestly is one of the strongest 
scenes in this movie. Um, would, but it makes sense that that would be the bouncing point, and that's why that part is so feels so from top to bottom perfectly choreographed because mm-hmm. we have we have Jen hearing a plane and jumping up, sending off a flare gun to try and get the plane's attention. And as the flare gun comes out over the water, we just see the silhouette of the creature. And that's the first time that Jen realizes that some, I mean, she had, she, she had realized she, she, something she weird. Knew. She yeah. knew something weird was going on, but like not that the humanoid creature. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Why is there a, what, who is this? Like, who are you? Because the creature is very large but it's it's humanoid so it's not like she's looking out and she just thinks that oh there's something in the water it's very clearly something standing in the water Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it does not look does not have a human silhouette but no 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 no. definitely is screaming mermaid man um right Right, right. It's giving little, Shark Boy a shark, little bit. Some, some Shark Boy, a little Godzilla, like mini Godzilla. Uh, yeah. It what I think what's the most terrifying to me is that, like you said, the humanoid aspect of it. Because like it's one thing to like know, like all right, there could be something dangerous around, right? Like there, there's some kind of predator here, whatever. But then to get the confirmation that not only is it a predator. But it's a bipedal humanoid style predator, which for me implies that whatever this creature is has some sort of intelligence, some malicious intent. You know what I mean? Because if I see you standing on your hind legs, I'm assuming you as smart as me and you spend way more time on this island. So I don't like my odds right now for survival. Right. And you can come on land immediately. And you can come on land. Oh, so you got feet. No fins. You're coming <laughs> on land. Not only are you coming on land, you're coming far on land. You're walking. You're like pop locking and dropping all over the island is what I'm going to assume you can do. And yeah, I mean, Jen sees this. I do love her reaction because there is that what the fuck quality to her reaction where it's confusing to see she's obviously freaked out but you also get that sense of like she doesn't know what she's freaked out about but she knows enough that she needs to go so she runs she runs into the trees and hides which i also thought was was clever to hide instead of just continuing to run blindly through the trees because it's it's hard to decide when hiding is appropriate but i do think that she utilizes hiding very very well in this movie until we get to one point where i'm like go away but for the most part she knows that she is going to lose in a fight with this thing and she's like my best bet is to hide and Mm -hmm. she's quiet when she hides which i also appreciate she's obviously freaking out but it's not that horror movie freak out where she's like "Ah!" (laughs) and you're like come on now like she she does a good job of pulling herself together and realizing that she still has to survive the first situation that she's in, but now also has to deal with this because she takes upon herself to use the day to like continue her trying to escape and trying to be rescued and like trying to survive techniques. And then she realizes that the night is like a whole new challenge that she has to adjust to basically yeah 
And I really think that the reveal or the pacing of the reveal, I'm sorry, was very well done. Uh, mostly because we were already getting hints of this creature from the beginning, mm -hmm. um, from the first night. It's like clearly something is up. Like this thing dug up Brad and snatched him from underground. Is like pushing down trees and shit. And like, so we know that this is a formidable threat for a long time, for a good portion of this movie. But the fact that we don't get that reveal until a little bit later on, I think is very smart because as you were saying earlier in this episode, the imagination goes crazy when you don't know what you're dealing with. And the sound design being as good as it is in those moments where there are a lot of shots that are just Jen hiding while whatever the creature is that we still don't know exactly what it is, is stalking about. And we just have to sit there in that moment and listen along with her as she tries not to make any sounds. And I think in those moments, that's when a lot of the terror comes because you don't know what's out there yet. You know mm -hmm. it's something that will kill Jen, but we don't know exactly what. And so right. I think it was very smart to not give us the full reveal of this thing until a little bit later on. And I also respect the fact that once it's like fully, fully revealed, they're not shy about it. They're like, all right, here it is. This is it. This is the creature. And I've seen some I've seen some debates online about whether or not the creature design was good. I liked it. I thought that the creature design was pretty great. Mm -hmm. I think it if I was going to imagine up a creature to be hunting on a deserted island that is somewhat aquatic, it probably looks something like this. Because mm -hmm. it's again, like I said, it's definitely giving shark boy. Yeah, because it has where... like a shark head. Like it's a very like a shark small shark head. head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then the rest of it's like this beefy jacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like almost bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, but it worked. It worked cool. for me. I liked it. I, I like it too. I, it seems like it's maybe a, a mix of, of VFX and maybe like practical actor in a costume. Like, it seems like it's a mix of them. And I will say, you know, the the effects, they had a limited budget, obviously. So right. the effects aren't like, oh, wow, this is groundbreaking. But I will say I do think that they did a good job with the budget that they had. Because they found a good middle ground between not showing too much of it, but then also eventually giving us enough where it's not like we never see the creature. We do. Mm -hmm. And eventually we see the creature in light because for a while it's like you see it in darkness, but then eventually we get to see it during the day or mm -hmm. in, in, in light and in fire and stuff. So I feel like they did a good job though of like, of, of kind of prepping you for that and working you up yeah. to it because I feel like by the time you see it in light, you've accepted the way that it looks. It's exactly. not, you've, you've, you've kind of gotten time to like warm yourself up to it. And so by the time you see it in light, you're like, that's my creature. Like that's the book. That's the, <laughs> that's the creature I know. And so you're mm -hmm. kind of, you're kind of cool with it. And so, yeah, I, I could definitely see the creature being maybe a little bit cheesy or corny um to people but for me i did appreciate that they were trying something different and mm -hmm. honestly it made sense to me that this aquatic creature would 
look like that. I, I like it clocked. It it clocked for me. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't mad at it. To be to be fair. But that being said, uh, to talk about like the first time we really see the creature, this is one moment where I just quite don't understand Jen's reasoning. I mm-hmm. I feel as though she wanted to get a better view of the creature because the one thing kind of going off of what you said, where you see a creature that has huge similarities to a human. And so you do have to question what its intelligence level is like. I think what we discover as time goes on is it does seem like it, it's not the, like it still seems like it has just kind of predator tendencies where it's very one track minded. It's not yeah, like it's, it's like fish brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a little fishy on the brain. Cause it's not like he is, is, kind of privy to to traps or like thinks too hard he it's just kind of living its fish life you know it's not super smart so jen is able to evade it but when it sees you that's kind of all it sees is it's gonna go after you so she has been hiding successfully for many nights and then one night it seems like maybe she wants to get a look at it or get better like a higher ground perspective of it and but but she she builds a hammock high in the trees and it's mm-hmm. just i get that maybe you wanted a hammock so you could sleep but i don't know that just seemed to me like like being just saying hey i'm up here if you <laughs> want to <laughs> yeah if you wanted to come and grab me i'll be asleep up here in the hammock and it does almost kill her yeah i i i hear you i absolutely hear you i it's weird. I'm <laughs> conflicted. I'll be honest. Because at the point when she makes the hammock, she's been on the island long enough that I would accept the fact that she maybe she would just want a hammock at that point. Like, she's making, she's making it a little bit homier. She's adding some, some decoration, some furniture. Like, I can rationalize the allure of maybe having a hammock. She absolutely should have gotten out of it once nightfall hit like she should have known to go and hide somewhere else because she's very clearly out in the open there um but i don't know maybe she was testing the smarts of this thing where it's like maybe if i'm high enough he just won't notice that i'm here or something like that which okay but maybe (laughs) but i'm like don't be shocked that this thing found you because... What surprised me a little bit more is like after she got found and then he uh like pimp slapped her across the beach, uh she had that giant gash on her leg and I don't feel like we saw it ever again. No. I think she just kind of tied it up and then was like say lovey kind of a thing and said <laughs> I think this is, should be fine. Yeah, cuz yeah, it, it this is when we see how strong it is because it is really ragdolling her in this moment. But we also find out that it can be her. And and mm, when it true. gets hurt, it it feels that's what I like about this creature. It does feel very much like just a regular animal that is a predator in the sense of they'll come and look for food. They don't find any. They go back home. And if mm-hmm. they do find food and it's kind of given a little bit of bite back they're not going to just keep pursuing. Like they're like, this is too much. And they'll go away and then they'll try again later when they're, when they're back to like their full capacity. I do appreciate that about this creature that it's not just going to keep fucking shit up because you have to give it a weakness. Otherwise we'll never believe that Jen is going to make it through the situation. But yeah, she gets, 
kind of thrown around. She gets a gash on her leg from being tossed, absolutely wrecked across the beach. And then she runs along the water, um, which I probably wouldn't have ran right next to where it obviously feels <laughs> the strongest <laughs> because we discover that this thing can absolutely zoom through water. That is its its strength is in water and it's mm-hmm. a little bit more it's slowed down when it's on land because that's obviously not like its natural habitat. But yeah. she runs along the beach and this thing is just like kikiing along in the water. <laughs> and and then it keeps jumping out and attacking her, but then she stabs it and then it, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it, I mean, we kind of progress from that night. Like we keep going from that night because... Which I also think was a good, I do think this was the perfect time to introduce new characters is yeah. after the big first confrontation is to introduce something else to be another kind of obstacle for Jen. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would be hard to go forward from this point without something like that happening. Because that was a hu- it is a huge deal what this whole like fight between her and the creature yeah absolutely and granted when lucas and mia first get introduced i was a little bit on the fence just because i was like all right now that we have other characters is the story going to go down a more generic route or like where are we kind of going from here um but i actually like their inclusion and i agree with you i think the timing of when they pop in is just about right because granted um Jen is doing a great job of survival and the actress is doing a great job of portraying the survival, but these kind of movies, especially like heavy survival movies, if that's not your bag, like you do need something else to keep, to keep people uh, interested. And I do think adding in these characters, not only um, shakes things up a little bit, but also gives us one, an excuse to have dialogue. Cause we have not had any dialogue for like an hour. Yeah. And two, it also lets us get some backstory because up until this point, we still don't really know anything about right. like how we ended up here in the first place. And you could have gone the whole movie without us finding out, sure. But I wanted to know, so I'm glad mm-hmm. that they kind of showed up. Right, and it feels crazy when it, when they start talking. It almost feels weird. And right? It's so like, oh, you have to adjust to it for a second. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, I thought this was a silent film. Who is it? What is this? <laughs> but yeah, they, they show up... Um, Oh, now, also, they, they they fuck shit up though. The, they for the do. record, they are they are the worst thing to happen to Jen. Period. However, right. what a surprise! <laughs> I'm so happy that they showed up. Yeah, it, it was a nice little switch up. Also, before we move on to that, that is the bit I was talking. I mentioned earlier is when she's up in the hammock. Although I I still question it. I do love that shot of just the trees where mm. it's just totally. S- just kind of showing the trees and then eventually you see it walking through. I mm-hmm. did love that shot. It did freak me out um, because I didn't know what was about to happen. And it was just being a little bit too still for my liking. And I mm-hmm. wasn't sure if we were going to get a jump scare or what have you. It was much more subtle than that, which I appreciated. This movie relies much more on subtlety, I think, than mm-hmm. trying to be over the top. But true. Yeah, I, I, it, I felt- it freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> I felt similarly with the log scene when she's hiding in the log and it's like mm. wrecking or sorry, hiding in the tree, like the tree trunk or whatever. 
um that whole sequence i found terrifying because that that for me was the tense one right because it was just hard to know what it was going to do that was still pretty pretty fairly on when we didn't really know what the creature was capable of and so you really didn't know what it was going to do now turns out it was just throwing a tantrum how embarrassing but (laughs) we didn't know that at the time yeah but lucas and mia show up um we find out lucas is actually jen's boyfriend and then Mia, I'm assuming, was Brad's girlfriend based on her reaction. Yeah. When or, she or finds Air- out. Oh, wait. No, yeah, yeah. Brad's girlfriend. Brad's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I, I, right? Because, like, she mm-hmm. asked, like, oh, where's Brad? And, like, when she finds out he's dead, she kind of breaks down. So I'm going to assume that they were they were a couple Together. or a unit or something. Right. And it also seems like Mia is close to closer to Jen than brad and eric were eric by the way being another friend whose body (laughs) previously washed up to shore completely cut in half and bloated and yeah mutilated but the effect on that was great though yeah oh it Um, looks great yeah it looks so good looks really good but yeah it, it seems like mia and jen have a little bit more of a background history with each other than mia had with the other two gentlemen and i mean obviously mia has the most history with lucas um because they are yeah we find out that they're dating we find out through all of them reuniting we find out that they were on a boat trip that went wrong and it seems like eric mia and lucas were able to get in the life raft and Mm -hmm. jen and brad weren't um but i do think it's interesting and this ends up coming back later i did think it was a nice little touch to have them lucas and mia not inquire about eric at all because when it happens i kind of wonder i was like do they just not give a fuck about this other guy but (laughs) you find out later that they kind of know more about what happened with him than than we expect but i will say Lucas to me is a little bit shoddy performance wise. No, not no disrespect to the actor, but I don't know. Some of the delivery of some of the lines fell a little flat for me. And Mm -hmm. I do think that very much could be because I've been spending so much time with Jen and I'm so used to that. And also it's weird to all of a sudden have dialogue in this movie. But I will say even compared to Mia, I think sometimes his acting felt a little theater-esque in comparison to the other um, the other actresses on the scene. I, I know what you're talking about because, like, I felt I felt weird vibes about Lucas um, the entire time, mostly because he is very high on the not shit list. Um, but I think for me, it was for a movie that was doing so so much um, subtlety. He felt the most on the nose, where yeah. like he just came onto the scene as angry boyfriend when like we needed i i think we needed the duality of like clearly he's been on whatever journey he's been on with mia and he arrives on this island and we find out that they also have um or sorry jen and lucas also have some beef from like before while they were on the boat however i just don't think we got enough of the oh my god there's my girlfriend 
Um, I'm so happy to see you. And we just got pure like, you're crazy right now. I don't mm-hmm. believe anything you're saying. I pay for all your shit. Listen to me. I'm I'm running shit now. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of that energy. And I think we needed both. Like I think we needed a little bit more nuance there. Because even with Mia, like you could tell that Mia and Jen had some history. But I like the fact that you could never really pin down how exactly Mia felt about Jen. Right. Right. And vice versa. And I I agree with you. There's just a little bit of a stiffness to Lucas. And I think that is what it is. It he feels, I think, to out of everybody, including Brad, I feel like Lucas to me feels the most like I don't believe that him and Jen have a prior relationship. Yeah. I I, I don't feel the chemistry. I, yeah. And it's it's odd because as much as I love that we get more characters, I do think there is a little bit of a curve to this bit from when they first come that was a little bit difficult only because you really only have a day right before the monster, the creature comes back. So you have to get a lot of shit going before you have to kind of come up with a reason for the creature to come back or for them not to believe her or for there to be another attack. We know that when night comes, it's going to attack again. So you have to fit all of this exposition into this one day you have to fit you have to fit like an escape (laughs) an escape Uh, mia and and lucas kind of coming and and wanting to stay on the island and then jen wanting to leave you have to fit a lot into a small amount of time and so how do you balance showing the relationships with with moving the plot along but yeah, you're it just it, I understand that Lucas and Jen obviously yeah they have some some beef a little bit of beef uh before all of this happened. However, I do think because of the circumstances there would there should have been more on Lucas's end. There should have been more love and just like I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy that we're not by ourselves anymore. I'm so happy we found this island. But it doesn't ever feel that way. It's just right. kind of like he's there and immediately he is discrediting Jen, which we find a little bit more about he he has some issues with the way that she like holds herself and her personality and he and him and Mia both seem to think that she is a liar before mm-hmm. this even happened. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I if 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 I didn't know that Lucas was her boyfriend, I wouldn't know that Lucas was her boyfriend. Like, I would have thought that <laughs> that he was just another friend that she was hanging out with on the boat. Right. And you bring up stiffness, and I don't want to you know beat down on this person for too long here. But one thing that did stand out to me heavily, and it's not just because it was the title, but Every mm. time Lucas said sweetheart, sweetheart, it just sounded weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I'm having a hard time because. So, yeah, that's where the title of the film comes from is Lucas calls Jen sweetheart twice. In a very condescending manner. That's the thing is sweetheart. 
in and of itself is not condescending. It's the intention that you put behind it. It's the way that you phrase it, the meaning that you have behind it. And in both cases that Lucas says it, I think it's mo- it's meant to give that energy of like, oh, like bless your heart, sweet, stupid mm-hmm. baby. There's no creature. Nah. Are you mm-hmm. scared? Like that's the kind of energy <laughs> that it's meant to give off. But there's so much emphasis put on it that I feel like it should roll off the tongue a little more naturally because it feels like sweetheart probably is something that he calls her. Maybe usually it is used affectionately, but right now it's being used in that oh kind of a manner. But yeah, there's like so much punch on it every time he says it that it feels foreign in his mouth. And I feel like sweetheart usually is kind of used like an older I feel like when I hear it, it's usually from older people being like, oh, sweetheart, come on, like that, like, oh, sweetheart. I don't know. That's usually where yeah, I no, hear no, it. I agree with you. <laughs> like if someone my age called me sweetheart, I'd look at them funny. I'd, I'd side eye them a little bit like, you just call right. me sweetheart. <laughs> right. And it's like, even if somebody older than you or someone of the opposite sex calls you sweetheart, like I said, it's the intention behind mm-hmm. it it can be very clear if it's meant to be kind of like a con con condescending sort of thing and that is what is happening here because yeah mia and lucas both completely discredit what jen is saying neither one of them yeah. believe her and which is kind of funny because i'm like y'all just got here i, I like Y'all haven't Imagine. even been here an hour <laughs> and you're trying to tell her how things run on the island like this is my home actual audacity of them now i look i'll give them this i do understand the want to not leave the island right especially if they've been on this raft for however many days that she has been on this island they are just happy to not be on water so i get Mm -hmm. it i understand fully why they don't want to leave however i agree with you absolutely way more and just like how dare you show up here and tell me what is what and where like is you, where. Yeah, like you know this place. Jen's like, this is my zip code. Like I live <laughs> here. I've been living here. I set up shop here, and y'all are just passing through. So yeah. I would perhaps listen up. Now, I completely agree with you. I do think it makes sense that Lucas and Mia are like, dude, <laughs> we want to be on solid land. You have food <laughs> here. You have drinks here. You have, we can sleep like peacefully here. There's warmth. I mean, uh, yeah, of course they want to stay on the island. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I really, I really do actually like what they did with Mia. I I feel Mm -hmm. like I understand more where she's coming from. I think what kind of irritates me is Lucas, Lucas's speech after Jen tries to leave the island and they like knock her out and they tie her up. And I prefer what Mia says to her because I feel like when Lucas comes in, it feels very villain-esque, his little monologue. And it's Mm -hmm. so strange to me that he would bring up all of these things right now. And I feel like it should be more about... Past Erica, I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there because uh, present Erica has figured out what exactly it is that was frustrating me about this situation. It is because when Mia 
and Lucas get there. By that time, we have watched Jen be so proactive about survival and the future steps that she needs to take to ensure that she gets off of this island. Me and Lucas get there, and we understand that they have also been in a shitty situation, though different, still bad. And it feels like as soon as they get on the island, they're ready to lay down land and build a foundation in the on the island like this is returned to the blue lagoon they're very much content to almost seemingly stay here and it doesn't feel like they are also ready to make preparations for survival which feels a little bit strange to me because don't you guys also want to leave and want to get as much information as possible about what you can do next past this island this, this isn't Gilligan's Island. We must leave. And it's just odd to me that it doesn't seem like there is any need to do that. Mia has a little bit of wiggle room because she is finding out that her boyfriend just died and she's kind of dealing with that. Lucas, on the other hand, is mainly just dealing with some pent up frustration that he has regarding the past with before the trip went wrong and the way that he's still angry about that towards Jen. However, both of those things feel really insignificant in the grand scheme of things. And so it feels like we're wasting time on minute details, knowing that there's a bigger issue at hand. So that's the only reason that it feels frustrating by the time that they come in for me. So yeah, that's it. I figured it out. Thank you. But this also brings up something that I did think was interesting is it was very much intentional to cast a black woman as the lead. Because like I said earlier, there is this idea of being believed and mm -hmm. that kind of plays through this whole movie. And Mia and Lucas both represent not only characters who don't believe our protagonists, but white characters that don't believe our protagonists. And there is an implication from them that Jen has a track record of lying. But what I think is interesting is that is just their version of the story. And I don't think that it is wild to say that they just never believe her is more of the mm -hmm. potential truth of it than to just be like, well, you're always a liar. Because to me, it feels like she is very much in a world of people who kind of don't understand maybe the struggles and the issues that she has had to go through and that she continues to go through and kind right. of use that against her. Because even with Lucas being like, you have no money. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back? Like go couch hopping, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It, they're very dismissive of her. And I do appreciate that aspect of it because I do think that they do it enough in this movie where it's very clear that Jen feels like she's a person that, has to kind of fend for herself and is not going to be believed, which is why she does what she does in the end of like making sure everything is well documented. But, mm -hmm. um, but it's like subtle enough where it doesn't feel like, Oh, we're going to make sure you guys understand this every minute of the movie. I like, I don't know. I liked that as just like an undercurrent. And I do think that I like that. It's like intentionally, yes, we cast a black woman because that is a situation that, Black people in general, but black women deal with like not being taken seriously or not being believed. Um, mm -hmm. But also, too, it's like, yeah, that was intentional. But at the end of the day, although that is a which I feel like we talk about this a lot, although that is an aspect of her character, that is not 
all the character is. It's like she yeah. is still a main final girl that is worth following and is clearly fleshed out and has a lot to her. But because of who she is and her identity, this will always be part of her as a person. No, absolutely. I, I agree. And I just think that like the relationship between the three of them, I like what we got. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't because I did still just enjoy watching them all navigate each other. But I do think that there was probably room for a little bit more um, in terms of just like who who was on whose team. And honestly, it, it, it's just Lucas. It's like Lu Lucas, <laughs> I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted some more uh, Lucas, Jen camaraderie teamwork, which we do get some of after Mia mm -hmm. dies. And I will say going into the last bit of this movie, um, after she dies and they're getting ready to leave the island finally, um, I didn't check how much time was left in the film. So for me, I was thinking that this was about to be like the finale, like this was gonna be the climax. And so the whole sequence when they're on the boat and oh, oh, that actually reminds me because we get the blood reveal on the boat too. Mm -hmm. um, quick side thought. I love the way this movie handles its information in the fact that, like, it gives you the information that it wants to give you, but the other stuff that it leaves up to your imagination feels very intentional. The entire thing with Eric and the implications there and, like, you know, seeing the blood on the knife and then seeing the blood in the boat, like, you can piece together what has happened. But the movie gives you these things to mm -hmm. solve your own mystery kind of like a you know build it yourself and it doesn't yeah. waste time on it though it understands that like this is interesting information but it's not prevalent to moving the story forward in this moment mm -hmm. so it's like it's there for you if you want it but you don't have to like focus on it i love the yeah. way that they handled that i do also appreciate that because i feel like this would be a very easy movie where it's like oh and now the new people that come in are also villains but that's not completely true although lucas and mia are very much being frustrating and doing some like slick shit we also are on jen's side because we know what's going on and it what i like this implication of is that because it you definitely do know that mia and lucas had something to do with Eric's death. They probably had a scuffle on the raft mm -hmm. and they I think they ate him, quite frankly, cuz they think didn't, so? Yeah, they didn't arrive on the island with any food. How I mean, yes, you can mm. survive without food, but I don't know. I yeah. feel like they had I feel like they had some Eric legs, some Maybe. Eric drumsticks in that raft. Maybe. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, but it's also only been like 4 5 days, 4 days. But I mean, I don't know how hungry they were. That's that's that that's fair. That's fair. They might have had some <laughs> Eric legs. Yeah, but it definitely seems because they they make a comment about how um, Jen is starting to sound like Eric. And mm -hmm. so it could be implied that, yeah, maybe Eric was kind of losing it because of the circumstances was maybe kind of losing it. And they thought, OK, let's just take this. This guy is like doing too much. He's doing the most. I'm not going to let him potentially imp impact my survival let's take him out right and then yeah whatever benefits they got from that perhaps that's what they got but mm -hmm. this feeling of which i guess kind of makes sense it's this feeling of like 
but that's what I mean. It's like Eric was presumably their friend, but they didn't let that relationship get in the way of their survival. So then, Lucas, why the fuck are you bringing up shit that happened a week ago, bro? <laughs> like, come on, dog. You obviously moved past Eric hella fast, <laughs> but you want to talk to Jen. Like, give me a break. But anyways, go I ahead. Know, I know. Go no, ahead no, with no, your... You're, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> But yeah, coming back, coming back to this, uh, at least first ending, it was like, this mm -hmm. isn't the actual ending, but I'm coming back to this whole raft sequence and stuff like that. I at first was actually very disappointed because I was like, damn, this is how the movie's going to end like oh. with this lackluster little raft <laughs> yeah. battle. Mm -hmm. After everything we've been through, like this is the ending of it. I was, I was pressed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I understand the need that, like, we do have to get rid of Lucas so that we can have this final confrontation. And mm -hmm. knowing how the movie actually ends, I'm actually, I am now glad that this sequence was in there um, because it gave us that feeling of there is no hope now. Like, it's either right. you have to kill this thing or you're going to die. Like, Escape has, has left the table as an option. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. like... For that, I enjoyed the scene. It's just like, it was a bit of a slog for me. One, again, because I didn't know whether or not that was the full ending. And two, because I didn't give a damn about Lucas. So like right. seeing him go just meant nothing to my emotions. Yeah. You're kind of really, you're really just neutral when Lucas gets <laughs> taken out. I mean, I'll give it to him. I did appreciate that he did try, that he like also jumped in the water to try and help Jen. The exactly. thing, Lucas, Lucas is a shitty guy. Um, who, but I do think he has some moral moments where he's yeah. like, I'm going to try and help because like I said, even after they have that whole thing with Mia, I do like that him and Jen kind of then put their shit aside to work together. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, you would like, you don't have a choice anymore. Also too, what this scene shows that I thought was really cool is because we've had this both Jen and us as the audience have had this expectation that when it's daytime, the creature does not come out. But you realize now that it's that is very much just dependent on is it sunny or is it not? Because we see that there are like these storm clouds rolling in that Jen mm -hmm. notices before they go out on the raft and then the creature attacks. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, OK, it just doesn't fuck with the sun. Like yeah. <laughs> it just it, it can't it can't come out in the sun, which I thought was a, was cool. Um, which also you realize how lucky she's been that she's had some very sunny days um, thus far because I think yeah. it rains one time at night but during the day it's been okay but yeah I don't know I liked this I liked this raft scene I thought it was it was cool I like the whole reveal of the blood and I was this is another part where I thought Jen was pretty smart because she doesn't mention it and I was like dude right. same I would same. not yeah. bring that shit don't bring up. It up not right now I wouldn't say a thing read the read the raft oh don't my do it. <laughs> truly the way I would have gotten on that raft and been like oh my god it's so roomy in here i love <laughs> love this i love what you've done with the raft like i would not have said anything until we got back to some help oh, and i would be like he's a killer he's a murderer <laughs> look at the blood look at look it. at the check the raft that's not from me <laughs> check the knife too that's not mine i would have yeah, yeah i would but, immediately ratted him out <laughs> absolutely but the the raft scene it wasn't bad it wasn't bad by any means mm -hmm. again i was just like i was feeling some type of way because i thought it was the ending um, yeah oh it, understandable but um in the context of where it actually is it's good and it does move the story forward to the final final confrontation mm -hmm. which i 
fucking loved. I love yeah. the final battle so much. Yeah, agreed. Also, one last thing about the raft scene that I will say I appreciated is it was kind of cool to finally get to see the creature underwater rather mm -hmm. than seeing it on land. It was kind of cool to take us to its home ground and kind of see how it operates underwater. And it was interesting to see that it really does like just take people straight to Bikini Bottom because we see that there's this huge hole in the ocean floor that it obviously comes in and out of. And mm -hmm. I did like that idea of knowing that it took Lucas straight down there because there's this implication of what is happening down there. I mean, it's probably yeah. just stockpiling food, but yeah. And it's also scary to know that it didn't kill Lucas. He probably had to he just drown, drown which yeah. is also really scary. <laughs> um but yeah, this this final sequence actually for me also works really well. I think this sequence is a great example of a good balance between spectacle but within reason. Because once right. again, we have a character who is not superhuman, is not like trained in combat is not super skilled in in fighting and so she has to be able to do the things that she's about to do um but also we have a creature who is not also not superhuman is not impervious to injury and can be taken down and so what i appreciated was i think this fight was just enough where i felt satisfied with the blows that were given once it was over, but it wasn't so over the top where I thought that was kind of wild. Like there's a time and a place for a predator esque type of fight. This movie is not one of those, <laughs> one of those times. <laughs> so I do think this was like a great balance of giving me enough where I'm like, yeah, that was deserved and I appreciated it, but not too much where it felt like it went totally action movie yeah. by any means it definitely yeah because it was definitely giving a bit predator at the mm -hmm. start as she's like you know sharpening the sticks and all this stuff and that's the route i kind of thought we were gonna go down like i thought we were gonna get mischief uh mischievous a little like home alone style like <laughs> set up some traps and then watch this creature just fumble through and then add some cartoon sound effects to it <laughs> um but instead what we really get is like she establishes like an arena basically mm -hmm. to fight this thing in um, uses fire to attract it which i don't know if she also was like consciously thinking like oh it's a water based creature maybe like having all this fire or like dry it out or like weaken it or something like that i don't know if she thought that far um but the whole idea that like she just sharpened a bunch of sticks and bones stuck them in places where she knew mm -hmm. she could get to them and then just fucking squared up with this thing i love that i yeah. love the simplicity of it I did, too, because I feel like she knew in her head, like, OK, if it hits me, it's going to knock me to the ground. So, OK, let me have some weapons on the ground and just in case I need to climb and grab them. And yeah, that's what she does. And I think that that's really smart that it ended up being a lot of little things that just all kind of stacked up and meant enough that it hurt it enough. Um, because, yeah, I think that that realistically for her was probably in her head because I and I also think she realized at that point like stabbing it was really kind of the best method and so yeah I'm like yeah get a bunch of little knives and and like stab the shit out of it and it works and she then, was shanking that thing yeah, too <laughs> she did not give a fuck and I was like you know what girl 
I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the tenacity with which you are stabbing this creature. She's really going for it. And I think it, I like that it really felt like she knew there was a really big chance that she was not going to make it through because we also see her write this note uh, that mm-hmm. she kind of leaves if anybody finds finds it so that they know what went on there. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I It really felt like in that fight that she really did not think that she was going to make it out of that. But I like that nah. she tried as, as hard as she possibly could uh, to do it and it ended up working it out. It felt really earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, like, I, I was a big fan of it. I loved the sequence. I loved the choreography around it. Um, I also love the way that it ends of her, like, getting to the beach and like being like damn I'm down to my last sticks but like all right let's go and then it just kind of like flops to the ground Mm -hmm. i was very satisfied by that and then also the fact that she is taking this thing's head as proof that she was not lying was another great touch too for me yes i was like you deserve it you know what you take that head as a trophy stick it up on your wall Mm -hmm. if you want um or i guess donate it to science i don't know but yeah (laughs) she she is successful and she makes sure that that thing is dead it's not like a mm-hmm. oh, gives it I'm the gonna, double tap yeah triple tap. it's not like a <laughs> let me sit down and catch my breath like she does not play around and also too i love that ending shot where we pan out and we see that now all of the trees are on fire because it gives you that feeling of okay she has actually, she actually has a really good chance of being discovered now because the whole island is about to be on fire (laughs) and if nobody can see that from the sky then that's crazy because yeah we've we've seen that more planes have flown over so it's not like it's a route that nobody ever goes to so she's never had a chance to really get their attention so yeah yeah i i like the ending too i it ends on a kind of ambiguous note because you don't know if she will get rescued or not but Mm -hmm. like i said girl was thriving and surviving before she found the creature so i i mean as long as the fire eventually goes out i feel like she could (laughs) she could maybe just keep catching fish (laughs) for the rest of her life (laughs) or or who knows how tasty fishman is oh you know true True, when are you ever gonna have that kind of cuisine again Oh my gosh, true. Yeah, maybe that's one of those things where it's like, I gotta try it because <laughs> who else can say? Who else, who else can say that they've had this before? Nobody. But no, yeah, I really enjoyed the ending. I felt like it made a lot of sense. And also this movie is not long by any means. It's mm-hmm. only an hour and 20 and that is the exact amount of length this movie should be. I very much appreciate that they said... It is what it is. We're not going to try and push it. We've told it. our story. Yeah, we've <laughs> told our story. We don't need to add in any extra va va voom. It's an hour and 20. And nowhere at any point did I feel, oh, I wish this was shorter or oh, I wish this was longer. I feel like it mm-hmm. covered everything that it needed to cover. And yep. what else can you ask for? Like, I appreciate the edit of being like, this is all I need <laughs> to say. Let's do it. I liked mm-hmm. that. Yeah. The, the, I think that's the biggest thing and biggest draw of this movie for me um, in the general sense is just the simplicity of things. Like, they don't try and put too much of anything, I think, anywhere in this movie. Like, a lot of things happen as you would expect them. Some things get a little twisty and turning along the way. But for the most part, it is a survival story while also simultaneously being a creature feature. And it does both of those things very well. 
And by the end of it, you just feel like you went on a completed journey. Um, as you mentioned, that final shot is fucking dope. I loved seeing the island on fire as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was really cool. And the timing was perfect. It was as much time as you needed. Though, I, it, what's funny is, like, I didn't feel like the movie felt long. But I felt like because of the nature of the movie, it kind of... I felt like I watched a longer movie than what I actually did. Not in like the mm. bad way. I just feel like I felt like I spent a lot of time on the island, but it's because we just spent so much time isolated with Jen. Like I understand mm-hmm. why my brain went that direction. Um, I just want to clarify it wasn't a bad thing. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> think the movie dragged or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it it was really it was really it was really good. I liked it. I it liked was. it a lot. I did too. I really I really enjoyed it. Um... And I enjoyed that story. I I do think that this was a great balance too of genres because, like I said, really during the day you're just kind of watching Jen survive, and the creature is totally separate. It's almost like two different movies that combine at the end. And I liked that because I was just as interested because this character was so good, and mm-hmm. I wanted to root for her so much. I feel like I was just as interested to just kind of watch her do her day to day as I was to see how she was going to handle the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciated all aspects of this movie. I will say now, what the fuck? Because um, that family that died, there were three graves, right? Am I tripping? I wasn't counting the graves. I, because I, 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 I wasn't counting. I swear there was a grave for everybody in that family. And I'm like, who dug the graves? Who buried them? Right. That's a valid, valid question. I don't know. <laughs> I, I said Honestly, not whole, him right, <laughs> it couldn't right, have been right. him <laughs> the whole family being there in the first place i kind of let that go just out of like convenience i think <laughs> at, at by that point i was already too pressed about the fact that she got free water and fish like i didn't even right. care that uh she also found an entire campsite that she could use so like right everything I mean, that the movie presented to me about that family i just took as truth i just said right sure. it just felt like some rich people shit to go on a vacation on like an <laughs> island on your own island i mean i don't know maybe they were scientists or something but or some, yeah it just felt very much like a rich people vacation <laughs> i said who goes to a whole island though dog right. but yeah because i mean i guess at one point there would have been a, a boat there that they would have had to take there. I, I don't know. But yeah, the family. Yeah, they had to get there somewhere, but. Right. Because they looked like happy. Like they looked like they were happy to be there. <laughs> they didn't look like they were like, oh God, they were smiling and having a, a good old time in the picture she found. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, one last little note I have, but it's, just, it's honestly just a cute thing that I saw. But apparently, uh, Kiersey and her stunt double. Uh, fell in yeah. love while filming this movie mm-hmm. and like i don't know if they're still together today but they did get together after this movie and mm-hmm. they started dating i was like that's pretty awesome that is pretty yeah that is really cool i did see that too and i was like oh that's sweet because i'm sure they had to spend a lot of time together and right like, that's a really that's nice that'll be yeah. that's a fun little story um <laughs> uh, which also, uh, Ebony De La Haye was the stunt double who, or sorry, stunt woman, stunt person. I don't, I don't know what the phrasing is. She was the she was the stunt double yeah. for <laughs> for Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was like a cute little extra tidbit. And I was like, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cool. Um, but yeah, that that's sweetheart. 
This this for that movie. Um, Also, too, I want to mention because I was like, oh, this movie really flew under the radar. This movie also didn't have a theatrical release. So Mm. I think that's why maybe for a lot of people. Yeah, it kind of because I think especially in 2019, I feel like pre pan like pre covid and shutdowns and all of that. Yes. Streaming was popular. It's always been popular, but there's a different way that people check for streaming now than they did then. And especially Absolutely. with movies. So if you were a movie that was going straight to streaming or, or VOD or something, you really had to have a lot of buzz about you pre-COVID for people to want to check you out. Whereas now so many people go straight to streaming that I feel like if this movie came out now, I feel like it would have been really big. I think a lot yeah. of people would have been talking about it. I agree with you. Yep. So, you know, just to give them a little bit of a, like, you know, hype them, gas them up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that was not their fault. <laughs> uh, but all right. Last thing on the agenda. We're going to rate this thing kind of metric we thinking for today. Uh, we have a couple options. There were a couple mm-hmm. things on this island we could use. Yeah, we have a couple things. We have um, We have bikini bottom black holes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm down. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> I really like. You know, I like alliteration. I'm a sucker for alliteration. I know. I know. No, same. I'm always trying to think of some alliteration for this because it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. Hit me with it. I am going to give Sweetheart. I'm going to give Sweetheart 4.4 bikini bottom black holes. I yeah I I really liked this movie I enjoyed it I think that it was simple but effective and I love a simple but effective film because I love a movie that plays to its strengths and sticks to a story but has confidence in that story like they're like this shit is so good we don't need to add all that extra stuff I appreciate that and I think that that paid off because the real gem of this movie to me is Jen and I mm-hmm. feel like the focus on her to me is so interesting. I, for the most part, I really enjoy just watching her navigate this situation. And then as more things came along, how do we deal with that? I, I really liked that. I think for the most part, it was a pretty constantly good film consistent is what i'm trying to say <laughs> i was like there's a word here that would say all <laughs> this concisely it? <laughs> yeah it's a very consistent film i think the only thing for me is i i feel so torn about it because i love adding other people to the situation mm-hmm. but i do think out of everything for me that was the weakest bit which although it was added like made for some cool sequences i just think that the characters themselves once they got added in didn't quite fit in the way that this movie kind of felt like it was going to and they they almost felt to me kind of taken straight out of a different movie only because it started to fall a little bit into that like well other humans are bad too and i don't necessarily think that's what i wanted to see in this movie um so that was like my only my only con and of course it kind of happens the timing of it works but i also think the timing of it like you said it happens right before we get our final battle and so that could potentially kind of 
make everything come to like a little bit of a slap, like a slog if, if you're not enjoying that bit. Um, so that was the only, that was the only bit that I, I wish had maybe been tweaked. And if it had, I think this movie would have been much, much more of like a 4.95 for me. Um, but yeah, 4.4 bikini bottom black holes. Okay. Not bad. Uh, I'm going to be in similar waters here with a 4.6 out of five bikini bottom black holes. I think a lot of the same things that you said, I feel similar, similarly. Um, I feel like we're kind of on the same page on this one where like it was a consistent, simple premise that I think was executed very effectively. Um, I loved Jen as a character. I loved watching Jen. I was rooting for her. Um, and I think that not only the actress, but the character did a great job of um, giving an entertaining POV of like what it's like to just have to survive somewhere. Um, and so it was really engaging for me, um, but I absolutely agree with you. I think the inclusion of Mia and Lucas was necessary and a good move. But I do think I would have loved to see it executed differently, whether that was maybe shaking up their relationships with each other or just just taking a different um, direction with those mm -hmm. characters. Um, something other than what we got. Not to say that what we got was awful, but just it left me out of everything else. That one left me a bit more wanting. So um although great plot device and good plot move would have liked to see it tweaked a little bit more uh but overall i think the movie's pretty damn fantastic and so 4.6 out of 5 bikini bottom black holes i feel i feel pretty comfortable with that mm -hmm. yeah and also too i also want to give props to cinematography sound design and the character design for the most part um yeah, I liked all of that as well. I forgot to mention that in my <laughs> final my final analysis. But yeah, those were also really awesome. Um, so yeah, that is Sweetheart. Uh, we would love to know what you homies think of this movie. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always talk to us in our Discord. Discord is where we hang out with the homies, um, where we talk throughout the week about horror, about, about other topics topics as well so if that sounds like something you'd be into you can also find the link for that in our social media bios and you can always email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries and if you're listening to this on monday that means that we are streaming on twitch tonight which is where we play spooky games and hang out with the homies so if you'd like to come through and say what's up and hear us get freaked out we'd love to see you there oh also too we're playing a game that is actually kind of like the plot of sweetheart in the sense of you're trapped somewhere and bad things are happening that are worse than survival so like i really related to jen in that way because <laughs> i've been through that um in the game before so i get it uh but yeah we'd love for you guys to come through and say hello and last but not least if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review you can do both on apple Podcasts. the more ratings and reviews we get the better recommends our show to more listeners and we just like to hear what you're thinking so if you haven't done that yet we'd love for you to or if you're listening over on Spotify, you can go to the stars underneath our name, hit them to rate us. And once again, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate us there as well. But that's it for Black History Month, homies. We hope that you guys have had a good time because we have had a blast. And we will be seeing you guys in March.
Assalamu alaikum, homies. Bye.